Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Hi, my name is Larry Silk, and the other day I had the good Lord Jesus touch me. Um, I've had two Widowmaker heart attacks. I was on my way to the third, and the doctor said I wouldn't survive that one. Um, I was laying on the OR table. First, before I got there, I had prayed for three days on my knees. I never got off my knees. I went in there. I was laying on the table. I had a screen in front of me. Doctor had a screen in front of him. And he started saying, I, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? And he called his tech over to look at it. And on the table, I couldn't see it. I, I, all I could see was my vein and there was no blood flow. There was a, a, like a napkin ring around that vein and it totally shut the blood flow off. And the doctor said he's never seen anything like it. It was just growing. He went in with a camera and the balloon and he asked me if I could see it because the screen was right there in front of me. And I, I, I told him, yes, I can see it. And he went up there and he touched it. He just touched it with that camera and that ring disappeared. It just fell apart in pieces. The blood started flowing through that vein and my legs have been hurting me for, for years and they quit hurting and I got up off that table and I felt like 17 year old kid. I don't even have a stent in there. The, the blood flow is fine now and uh, <laughs> good Lord, he touched me. He touched me and I appreciate it. Amen. Grab your Bible, please, and go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 62. Psalms, chapter 62, and we will be springing from verses 5 and 6 today. Some people call it a text. This will be our, our sermon text today. Psalms, chapter 62, verses 5 and 6. He only is my rock and my salvation... He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Verse number five. My soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation. Somebody shout expectation. Oh, come on, shout it. Expectation. There, there we go. For my expectation is from Him. Then it says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. We're continuing our series on the mechanics of a miracle. And today, guess what I'm going to talk to you about? Expectation. There you go. That's right. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And God, thank you for the word and how it challenges us and changes us. And pray that you would touch me to be able to effectively communicate it. Touch the ears of the hearers to hear, their hearts to receive. May our understanding be enlightened so that we can take what we receive today and put it to practice in our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. The testimony that you heard at the beginning of the service upon the big screen is the testimony of a man that attends this church. 
and uh, he's a wonderful man. This testimony that he gave is something that happened to him about a week and a half ago. This is a fresh miracle. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, God still does miracles. This is a fresh miracle, my goodness. When he was talking about how that he had that problem and they went up and they touched inside of the... I mean, this, they were doing this heart catheterization and they went up and, and he said that there was no blood flowing through it and then they touched that with the camera and it just immediately disappeared. He told me later, he said, the doctor told me, he said, in all the years that I have been doing surgery, I have never seen anything like this in my entire life. It's a miracle that in front of the doctor, in the middle of a surgery, a miracle took place so the doctor could see the miracle take place. Wow. Somebody told me earlier, earlier this week, just let me, get in, let me say this before we get into this, but someone told me earlier this week, they said, well, we have a doctor, and they said that, that we don't believe in miracles, but we do have scientific things that we call anomalies. I said, okay, God just did an anomaly. <laughs> That's fine. Call it what you want to. I tell you, He is walking healed today because of the hand of God. And we're grateful and we're thankful for it, aren't we? In this passage of Scripture, in Psalms chapter 62 and verse number 5, the Bible says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. I want to kind of lay the groundwork of what I'm going to talk to you about today by saying this. We have to have an understanding of the soul. The soul is the seat of the mind, the will, and the emotions. Now, I'm, I'm very aware that you know that because I've taught that to you for so many years now. The soul is the seat of the mind and the will and the emotions. And so uh, David was saying here, he says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. What he was saying was, Listen, mind, listen, will, listen, emotions, expect to receive from God. You see, our minds will trick us sometimes and make us think that we can't receive from God because of circumstances. Our emotions will get messed up because we start believing what our mind says instead of what the Word of God says. But when we take the Word of God and we apply it to our heart and we apply it to our life, then what we can do is we can reprogram our mind with the Word of God and get our soul to start expecting to receive from God again. And when we do that, then we position ourselves to begin receiving things from God. The Lord. So this is kind of the basis of what we're going to talk about. Now we're going to come back and revisit this verse later on in this teaching today. Right now I want you to go with me to a familiar portion of Scripture over in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. We're going to talk for just a few moments about the lame man at the gate beautiful. Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. The Bible says this, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. He was so lame that they carried him around. I mean, they had to carry him. And the Bible said that they laid him every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, for the purpose of asking alms of them that entered into the temple. And he saw Peter and John there about to go into the temple, and he asked them alms, and Peter... Fastening his eyes upon him said, Silver and gold have I none, 
But such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. Remember the message last week? The name of Jesus, the authority of the name, the power of the name, learning how to use the name, how that the name of Jesus gives us access to everything that heaven has to offer. Remember that? Peter and John looking on him, fastening their eyes and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now there's a few things that I want to point out in this Miracle. Number one, this dude was lame. He was so lame they had to carry him around. This was not a put on. This was somebody who had been lame from his womb, from his mother's womb. And they carried him and they put him at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. I think the reason that, they, that, that the apostle or that God chose this particular uh, situation was because he wanted to heal somebody through the apostles that everybody knew. They didn't take him and put him over in a corner somewhere. They didn't take him and put him in a convent. They didn't take him and put him over in some type of an institution. They put him at the gate of the, pit of the temple where when people walked in they had to pass him and he was constantly calling out to them, trying to get their attention to get alms because that's how he made his living. That was his welfare system. And so the Bible said he looked at Peter and John and was expecting to receive something from them. And the Bible said Peter and John fastened their eyes upon him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible said that Peter reached down and lifted him up. That's the working of a miracle. The Bible said that he lifted him up. Now I want to ask you this question, okay? Because I like to break the scripture down like this. What would have happened if Peter would not have lifted him up? What if Peter would have prayed for him and thought, well, you know what, if God heals him, that's fine. And if he don't, it's fine. And, and that's wonderful and that's great. And so he just goes and he just kind of touches him a little bit and says, you know, just, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to heal him. Right? First of all, that's the wrong way to pray. We're supposed to command the healing to come. I never find a place in the Scripture anywhere in the 35 miracles that Jesus performed. I never find a place in the Scripture where God ever begged God to heal anybody. He spoke to the sickness and commanded it to go, spoke to their bodies and made them, made them be whole. In fact, you know, stretch forth your hand, the withered man. And he stretched forth his hand. So the Bible said Peter reaches down, he grabs him by the hand, he lifts him up. And the Bible said that when he lifted him up, immediately his ankle bones received strength. And he went leaping and dancing and praising the Lord. That was an authentic miracle in front of an entire community of people who had been supporting this guy for years and years and years. And now the lame man that used to be at the gate of the temple is now in the temple leaping and worshiping and praising God. Why? Because he expected to receive something from Peter and John. 
Mark chapter 5. I talked about it earlier today. Mark chapter 5. We find a passage in Scripture where the Bible said that there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Verses 25 through 34. And the Bible said that when she had heard of Jesus, that she went to find Him. Some people ask me, they say, why is it so important to support the preaching of the gospel around the world. Because there's something about the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ that causes faith to rise in people's heart and produces the conviction that is necessary for them to come to the realization that they need God in their lives. There is power in the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When she had heard of Jesus, obviously because somebody was talking about Jesus... Somebody was telling people that there's someone here healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the left. There was someone that was proclaiming Jesus. And the Bible said that when she had heard of Jesus, that she came in the press behind Him and touched His garment. For she said, verse 28, If I may touch but His clothes, I shall be whole. What is that? Expectation. Expectation. She wasn't whole when she was pressing. She wasn't whole when she was getting kicked around. She wasn't whole when people were stomping on her hands. She was pressing. She was working. In the midst of her pain, in the midst of her struggle, in the midst of her sickness, she still pressed. And she kept saying, If I can just touch his garment, I know that I shall be made whole. And she pressed in, grabbed a hold of his garment, and received her miracle. Now go on here. Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, that's power, and gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, are you nuts? The people are thronging you. They're pressing you on every side. They're knocking you around. They're just trying to, Lord, we've been working to keep people off of you all day long because they keep out grabbing you, all this kind of stuff. Jesus said, oh no, this is different. This is different. I perceive that virtue has gone out of my body. In other words, I perceive that power has gone out of my body. In other words, Jesus was identifying the fact that someone in that crowd had activated their faith that put a demand on the power that was inside of them that produced a miracle in their life. You can believe God all of the time. You can learn about God, all of this. But until you press in by faith and reach out and grab a hold of Him, you'll not receive what you need from the Lord. You can study miracles all day long. But until you go after yours, you'll never get it. Now, this woman came fearing and trembling. Comes down to Jesus and she told Him. She falls down before Him. She told Him. She said, I did it. It it was me. And look at what Jesus said to her. Daughter, let's stop right there. Think about that. Family. Jesus could have looked at her and said, you're my people. He called her daughter. 
How come he didn't call her woman? How come he didn't call her lady? I'll tell you why. Because she was carrying inside of her the same power that he had inside of him and it was, and he identified her as carrying that which he possessed. And he said, daughter, now look at this. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Whose faith was it? It was her faith. It was her faith. Faith will drive you when nothing else will. Faith will drive you when nothing else will. People were kicking her around, but she still kept pressing because she had faith. People were probably shunning her because she had that plague, you know, that issue of blood, and you're supposed to stay outside of the city when you have that. But she came after Jesus, and all, of, and she just kept pressing and kept pressing and kept pressing until she finally got, and Jesus told her, he said, it was your faith that made you whole. And he said, now, he said, go in peace and be whole of your plague. She expected to receive something from the Lord. Now, I want to say something here. We shouldn't advertise something we don't produce. Can I preach right there? So many times, us in spirit-filled churches, we preach and teach about the supernatural power of God and we talk about prophecy and we talk about interpretation of tongues and we talk about miracles and we talk about discernment and we talk about the divine God moving inside of us and living this spirit-led life but when it comes time to either put up or shut up we have to shut up because we don't have the wherewithal to put up. Can I preach? And the reason we don't have the wherewithal to put up is because we don't pray anymore. Shout. We're not in the Word like we should be. We're not fasting like we should. And we don't believe God. Now what's the Word of God say? The Word of God says this. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. How many of you believe that you're saved? Why do you believe you're saved? Because the Word said you're saved. The same Word that said you can be saved by faith is the same Word that said you can be healed by faith. So why would we believe in salvation and not believe in healing? Are you ready for a mind bender? The same Greek word for salvation is the same Greek word for healing, somos. So the same God that healed you or saved you is the same God that can heal you and can provide for you. Now, so we shouldn't profess something that we don't produce. So do we quit professing? No, we start producing. We start having the audacity to believe God. The audacity to speak to sickness and command it to go. The audacity to say if God's word says it, I believe it and that's going to be part of my life. Well, it just hasn't worked that way in my life. Well, it's not God's fault. I love you. You're never going to change the word. You're never going to be able to change God, but God will change you. And his word will change you. 
And so what we have to do is get to the point where we can access it. Now, let me continue on. Now, the Bible says, now we're talking about expectation. Faith comes, the Bible says, by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17. Now, when the Bible said faith cometh, I want you to understand that faith has to come from somewhere. So where does faith come from? Faith originates from God and comes to us through the Word of God. So the Bible said faith cometh by the Word of God, by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So what does, so we know that faith comes, we know that it originates from somewhere and that origination place is from God. And so faith cometh by the hearing of the Word or hearing the Word of God or the constant hearing of the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. And then the Bible goes on and it says this, and we just kind of flippantly said, and we've never really looked at it, have we? But the Bible said, and hearing by the Word of God. So what that hearing by the Word of God tells me is this, I cannot accurately hear what God says unless my life is immersed in the Word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So I have to stay in the Word so much that the Word gets in me. Come on, touch your neighbor, poke your neighbor and say, you need to be full of the Word. That's why I teach the Word of God. I want to fatten you up in the Word. Amen. I want you to be so fat you waddle with the Word. I do, I do. I want you to be so full of the Word of God because that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Somebody said to me once, they said, uh, when you have uh, special speakers come in, they said if someone gets up there and they teach something or preach something that's not necessarily accurate, biblically accurate, does that ever make you nervous? I said, absolutely not. And they said, how come? I said, because my congregation is taught in the Word. They know to eat the meat and spit out the bones. And, and they know if it's not the Word, they, they know if it's, not the, if it's not the Word, then they'll just, they'll just take it and spit it out. Right? And every now and then someone comes in here and they teach something and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, dear God, I mean, my goodness, where in the world did they get that? And I look around and the same look is on your face. Because you're taught in the Word. Now, if you're not taught in the Word and you're not immersed in the Word, then, then that doctrine could get pulled over your eyes and, and, and you could get all messed up. But listen, when you're immersed in the Word and when you're taught in the Word, then that, that causes your faith to begin to rise inside of you. So I'm going to get immersed in the Word. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I can only hear God correctly when I'm immersed in the Word. Now go with me, please, to Acts chapter 14 verses 7 through 10 and I want to show you where the Bible says talks about faith comes when the gospel is preached Acts chapter 14 and verse number 7 says this and there they preached the gospel this was Paul and then the Bible said there was a certain man at Lystra impotent in his feet being a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked this is a totally different situation this is the apostle Paul not Peter and John in Acts chapter 3. This is a different situation. And the Bible said the same heard Paul speak. What did he hear Paul speak about? The Bible said in verse 7 they preached the gospel. So he was hearing Paul preach the gospel. 
What was he hearing Paul preach? He was probably hearing Paul preach that Jesus came as a baby in a manger. That he walked the face of this earth for three and a half years. That he was crucified and slain. But that three days later he rose again. And that now he sits at the right hand of the Father ever living to make intercession for you. Now he probably heard Paul preach about how that the Holy Spirit came and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they He probably heard Paul preaching what Peter said when Peter stood up at Solomon's porch and said These men are not drunk as ye suppose seeing it's but the third hour of the day But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And on my servants and handmaids in those days will I pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy. That's the kind of message that Paul was preaching. It got this lame man's attention. And the Bible said that he heard Paul speak. And Paul, steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. Leaped and walked. Paul didn't say, Come up here, honey, and let me pray for you. Oh, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray and believe you right now. That you're going to demonstrate your power by moving into this man's feet. No, no, no. Paul was preaching under the unction of the Holy Spirit. He saw this man who had faith to be healed. And Paul's just preaching and he says, Stand up on your feet. And then he just keeps preaching. What's that guy do? The Bible said right here. The Bible said that he leaped and walked. Take that devil. Faith came when the gospel was preached. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Expectation. This this man had faith to be healed. Now go with me to Psalms chapter 103. I want to show you some things here. This is awesome. I love the word, don't you? So if faith comes when the gospel is preached and faith is activated, according to our text, Psalms chapter 62 and verse number 5, that our soul waits on the Lord for our expectation is from Him, then what we have to do is we have to convince our soul that what God's Word said is true. And we have to allow that to activate inside of our heart and inside of our life. Now, now I want you to look at this. This is so awesome. Psalms chapter 103. And here's what I'm going to talk to you about. You can talk to your soul and your mind and your will. You can speak to your mind and your will and your emotions, which is your soul, and you can retrain them according to the Word of God. Look at this. Here we go. Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So understanding that the soul is the seat of the mind and the will and the emotions, then then this is what this is saying. All right, mind... We're going to bless the Lord. So when the enemy starts trying to have a party in your head, say, off limits, devil. This is God's property. This is God's real estate right here. We bless the Lord here. We don't let you have a party here. We bless the Lord here. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. So so mind, 
You're going to bless the Lord. And emotions, you're going to bless the Lord. You might feel down and you might feel discouraged and you might feel despondent and all of these things, but nope, we're going to bless the Lord. We're going to bless the Lord because our life is not dictated by what we feel. Our life is dictated by the knowledge of the Word of God. And when we take the knowledge of the Word of God and we apply it to our heart and we apply it to our life, then it overcomes the challenges of our emotion and establishes the Word in our life. So you just say, all right. All right, emotions. No. Not putting up with depression. Not putting up with discouragement. Not putting up with thoughts of suicide. I'm not putting up with these kinds of things. We're going to bless the Lord. And then your will. You see, because this is what the devil's after. The devil's after your will. Because he knows if he can break your will, he's got you. But when, the, when David said... When David said, when King David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, he was saying, all right, here's what I'm going to do with my mind and here's what I'm going to do with my will and here's what I'm going to do with my emotions. We're going to bless the Lord. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're just going to bless the Lord. We're going to bless the Lord in the morning. We're going to bless the Lord in the afternoon. We're going to bless the Lord at night. We're going to bless the Lord at midnight. We're going to bless the Lord. And then he goes on and says, and all that is within me, bless His Holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That means with every fiber of my being, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless Him in the good times. I'm going to bless Him in the bad times. I'm going to bless Him when I'm up. I'm going to bless Him when I'm down. I'm going to bless Him when I'm walking. I'm going to bless Him when I'm running. I'm going to bless Him at work. I'm going to bless Him at home. I'm going to bless Him when I'm shopping. I'm going to bless Him when I'm at the gym. I'm going to bless Him, bless Him, bless the Lord. And all that is within me, bless His holy name so they tell you that your heart's only working by 35% hey heart you're within me bless the Lord hallelujah we do that then we get God moving activating inside of us then we go on here and it says bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all his I have fits every day. Benefits. Come on. Come on. Just not hard, but punch your neighbor a little bit and say, it's okay to have a fit. But it's got to be a benefit. So bless, bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all His benefits. And then, as if he thought we needed to know, he just started listing some of them. These are some of the benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. How many remember the day you got saved? How many remember the day before you got saved? How many remember the day after you got saved? Now, how many remember the day you got saved? How, remember, how many remember the transformation that took place? He forgives me of all of my iniquities. Hallelujah. And then look at this. Here's another benefit. Who healeth all thy diseases. Woo, hallelujah. I get to walk in divine health. Have you ever been attacked, Pastor? Of course I've been attacked. Absolutely. 
Somebody that walks in the anointing. Somebody that walks under the power of God. Somebody that's trying to do things for the Lord. It's like, it's like there's a great big old target on them. You know, I mean, the old devil, he'll just fire at you from all kinds of different directions. But I've learned something called the shield of faith wherewith we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hallelujah. So one of the benefits is who heals all thy diseases. And here's another benefit. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. If the devil has a party with your life, it's because you let him. You are redeemed from that. You're redeemed from that. You're redeemed from the devil destroying your life. Redemption, you are redeemed from it. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, heal all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse number five, going to make some of you shout. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Yeehaw. I don't have time to get into it too much, but I'm telling you right now, the older I get, the more I realize. I need my youth renewed, Lord. <laughs> Woo. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So here's the point that I'm trying to make, okay? We got to talk to our soul. We got to retrain our soul. We have to retrain our soul to celebrate the Lord. We have to retrain our soul to celebrate the Word of God. We have to retrain our soul. Our soul needs to understand we're God's property. All right, now, Psalms chapter 62. We'll go here and then we're getting ready to pull it in for just, in just a few more minutes. Psalms chapter 62, verse number 5. We get back to our springboard scripture. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. So mind, will, and emotions, your source is God. Wait thou only upon God. Quit looking to your job as your source. Quit looking to your family as your source. Listen, God will use other people. God will use people. The Bible said that if we cast our bread upon the water, that after many days will come to it. And many times the Bible said that He'll cause men to give unto you. I mean, so God will use other people. Another place, and I just love this scripture, the Bible said the wealth of the wicked is yours for the taking. I'm telling you, I got, my, I got my wealthy, wicked person picked out. I'm like, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, you said the wealth of the wicked is yours for the taking. All right, Lord, that wicked person right there. If you don't save them, <laughs> whoo, glory to God. They're not your source. God is your source. God is your source. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, God is my source. He is. God is your source. For everything that you need. God told Abraham, he said, Abraham's like, what's your name? God said, I am. That I am. In other words, I am. Fill in the blank, whatever you need. I am your healer. I am your provision. I am your righteousness. I am your peace. I am everything that you need. 
Come on. The great I am is your God. Whatever you need, He is, and He is your source. So the Bible said, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Now let me shift gears for just a little bit here. and We're still talking about expectation. Expectation should be at the core of who we are. What drives us as Christians? What drives us as Christians? It's the fact that we know that one of these days we'll see Jesus face to face. Isn't it? How many of you believe that God's word is true? Well, you know what the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? The Bible said the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, first of all, I want you to understand something. The Bible did not say it was going to be the angel that's coming. The Bible said the Lord himself is going to come. And then the Bible said that with the voice of the archangel, I am expecting to hear that trumpet sound any day now. Because there's expectation inside of me and God's word is inside of me. And the Bible said that we are supposed to live in expectation of that. Why do you think the Lord could come at any time? Because the signs of the times are there. In Luke chapter 21, we don't have time to go there. But in Luke chapter 21, you can see the signs of the times. They're there. The Lord Jesus could become. Now, listen, I can talk about expecting to hear the, uh, the trumpet sound. I can talk about the Lord coming and that's all biblically accurate and everything. But I want to project just a little bit farther than that. Are you ready? After the Lord comes and after we are with Him, I'm expecting to walk down Glory Avenue. <laughs> Say, woo, that rapture or that catching away, that was pretty awesome, but look, I think that's Grandma right there. expectation. What are you expecting? I'm expecting to see those who's gone before. I, I tell you, I don't think, I mean, if, if they made it to heaven and in my family, some of that's questionable. But most of them, I think, made it. But if they, but if they, somebody said mine too. But if they made it to heaven, I'm, I'm expecting to see them. Listen, I'm going to see Abraham. I'm going to see Isaac. I'm going to see Jacob. I'm going to see the prophets, the major and the minor prophets. I'm going to see King David. I'm going to talk to Adam and ask him why he ate that apple. Probably wasn't an apple, but I'm going to talk to him and ask him about it. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm expecting this. It's expectation. It's because it's in the Word of God, and so I expect what the Word of God produces. I'm expecting that. I'm expecting it. And I'm expecting to see brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and sons and daughters that went on to be with the Lord. I'm ex Can you imagine? No more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more limitations of this world. Nothing. Come on, we can expect it because it's the Word of God. We can expect that. This earth, we're just passing through. <laughs> this is dress rehearsal for heaven. And I'm expecting to see Jesus. <laughs> when I was evangelizing so many years ago now, oh Lord, I can't believe that was 25 years ago. But when I was evangelizing, there was a song that was requested that I played the piano and sing a lot. And I went, had to sing it almost everywhere I went. And it was called, I Want to See Jesus. 
because He died for me. To look into those eyes of mercy that watch over me when I stray. I want to feel those nail-scarred hands that gently brush the tears away. And every precious drop of blood that flows down Calvary's tree, I want to see Jesus because He died for me. Hallelujah. I'm expecting that. I'm living in expectation of one day seeing Jesus. That's what drives us as Christians. That's what makes us do what we do. It's not about building our name. It's not about becoming some hot shot TV star. I'm not interested in that at all. I just don't want people to go to hell. And if I can get just one of them, that's one the devil didn't get. And that's what drives us. Because we have a blessed hope. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. It's not about getting a new car. It's not about getting a fancy house. It's not a, if those things come, that's wonderful and that's great and that's fine. But it's not about that at all. It's about helping people come into a full relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and experiencing His love in their heart and in their life. And then hopefully they can influence other people to do that also who will then influence other people to do it also. And we will plunder hell and populate heaven because we live with the gospel message inside of us and the expectation of the return of the Lord in our hearts and in our lives. Hallelujah. I've preached this message for 40 years now since I was a little boy. I've preached it for 40 years. And I'm telling you right now, some of you that are training for ministry, if you can ever do anything else, go do it. Because it's brutal. People are nasty and they're mean and they call themselves Christians. But every time someone says something or does something, I just hear the cries of the lost. And it drives me on. It drives me on. It's worth it. It's worth it. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Expectation. Expectation. The mechanics of a miracle. We've got to expect. The lame man was expecting to receive something. The woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I can touch him, she was expecting to receive something. The apostle Paul was preaching. The impotent man at Lystra, the Bible said that he saw that he had faith to be healed and he said, get up, get up on your feet, be made whole. And he was made whole from that point on. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to ask you today. Here's the question I want to ask you today. How would you live the rest of the day today, if you knew that Jesus was going to come before the sun went down. He could. Well, I don't know. They preached that for years. I just don't know if I believe that. You're fulfilling Bible prophecy. The Bible said, In a time when man thinks not, then will appear the coming of the Son of Man in heaven. When people's hearts will be trembling with fear. We might not make it to 2017. The Lord might come. Oh, this earth will make it. It still has a thousand years to go afterwards. Then God will revamp it and there will be a new heaven or a new earth where it will dwell righteousness and we'll just 
keep working for the Lord and living for, but how would you live the rest of the day if you knew that sometime between now and the sun going down Jesus was going to come now let me get a little more personal who would you call and tell about Jesus who would you try to win to him I feel a tug by the Holy Spirit in my heart right now. I know it's God. When I just said that, some of you have lost children. And they just went through your mind and you thought, Oh Lord, what about them? We're going to pray for them right now. Come on, if you have a lost child, a child that doesn't know the Lord, would you raise your hand, please? All right. I want you to grab the hand of the person beside you. Come on. We're just going to pray this right now. We're going to pray for, your, for our lost children. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray with me. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we cast this net wide in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every lost son or daughter that's out there right now. That the scales would fall from their eyes and today they would see their need for you. God, that you would tug them at their hearts and that you would draw them in in Jesus' name. We come against the enemy who tries to steal and to kill and destroy. And I decree and declare right now, they are God's seed. They belong to God, heirs of salvation. We call them in in Jesus' name. Every lost son, every lost daughter, every child who doesn't know the Lord. In Jesus' name. Now come on, mamas and daddies. I want to hear you pray for your kids. Come on. I want you to begin to pray. I want you to say, Lord, we receive their salvation. We receive it, Lord. We receive it. We come in agreement, Lord. We're coming in agreement. Pastor Jonathan, come on. Come into agreement. We come into agreement with this prayer. Father, we're believing for them, God. God, we're believing for their salvation right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, a little chorus. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at wwwsuncoast 4 and that's the number 4jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727 727- 856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.